in my time with the crest, I have traveled far and wide. I have fought in battles, participated in dangerous rituals, and led a more treacherous life than I expected when I was young. But I confess, I did not expect there to be so many spiders in this ruin. I have seen cave spiders before, certainly, and the fact that such creatures can reach those sizes is an indictment against the gods, but never have I heard so many in such a place. As we have explored this ruin, they have dogged our steps, skittering and chittering and waging a war of intimidation and fear. But they do not know who we are, that we are soldiers of the crest. We have faced down terrible odds before and passed through the fire unharmed. I say all these things as a soldier of the crest, but truly, why, O oh cruel gods, did it have to be spiders? Welcome back for another episode of Errant Adventures. As always, I'm your game master and solo player, Steve Morrison. On this week's episode, the Crest Soldiers and the Scholar continue their battle with the Cave Spiders. Will this battle turn in their favor, or will they end up as fodder for the denizens of this ruin? Find out what happens on episode 30, Remnants. Last week, the members of the Crest and the scholar Silas Wilberforce continued exploring the Elfheim ruin. While Silas did not know anything about the cult of Vargosh specifically, they did come to a potential understanding of this site as possibly a vault that might have held one of the pieces of that beetle god representation that they saw on the mural. They're not quite sure yet if this is just a cultic site or if that mural suggests that this is some sort of vault where a piece of Vargosh could be housed, but they continue their exploration and they find another fissure in the stone which leads them to a small cell with a Small stone bed and shelves that contain moldering parchment. And while they're in that room, they are attacked by a group of cave spiders. The battle starts off pretty well as Arid ignites fire and sweeps it across the room, burning several of the cave spiders up. But things quickly turn sour as Ben is separated from his crossbow, Orchid is separated from Bone Eater, Arid and Silas retreat to the relative safety of the tunnel while Ben and Orchid are swarmed and injured. Orchid, in this meantime, has managed to slam shut the door to this small cell, keeping out any more of these cave spiders from entering. But unfortunately, 
Arid and Silas discover that there is a Nekdesilith that has been masquerading as part of the stonework in the tunnel. It reveals itself, shape-shifting back into its worm-like form, and with its exoskeleton and its jaws, this humanoid-sized worm begins inching towards them, ready to devour them. Arid, in an attempt to destroy the rest of the spiders before the Nekdesilith reaches he and Silas, draws upon fire once again. And Ben, hoping to help him, has thrown down a vial of oil that he carried in his bag. Unfortunately, some of that oil mingles with the flame of one of the torches laying on the ground and it amplifies the power of the flame as Arid draws it back to him before Arid is able to unleash it on their enemies. He is burned in his face and his neck and his shoulder and his arm, and he falls to the ground screaming in pain. And that is where we pick up with the soldiers of the crest and Silas Wilberforce as they are in a bad way. Arid is on his hands and knees and he is burned in a pretty serious way. So I'm actually going to represent that by reducing his health down to one because he is very, very hurt. All three of them are in a bad position here as the spiders are swarming, the Nekdesilith is growing closer. Ben and Arid have both used their turn the tide opportunity for this fight, so uh, things are not looking great. So I'm gonna go over to Orchid and let's take a look real quick. So we've got an axe ability, we've got a keen ability as their assets, and then the veteran ability, which is about burning momentum, of which I have very little. So unfortunately, I think I'm just gonna have to straight up make a move here. And I think the move is gonna be face danger with iron as Orchid is attempting to throw aside these spiders that are separating them from Ben and from the others. I think Ben is the closest, so Orchid is trying to reach Ben and then going to try and help Ben get to the tunnel entrance. So we're going to roll plus iron with this as Orchid tries to throw them off We've got nine on the action score, a nine and a five on the challenge dice for a weak hit on that. So that is going to be successful, but is going to come at a troublesome cost. And I think it is going to be probably a little bit of harm as again, they're continuing to get eaten away at by these spiders. But Orchid is able to move over to Ben and sort of pulls him to his feet. And does Ben have any assets that could help here? So he has the improviser ability, which gives him the opportunity to check his gear. He has the archer asset, which helps him with a bow or in his case, a crossbow. 
And then he also has the infiltrator, which is about moving, traversing, or hiding. So no, he's got nothing doing here. So his shadows three, his edge is two, and his wits are two. What can he do here to work with this? I think he's going to try and grab Orchid's axe. The axe is on the ground at his feet. And now that Arid and Silas are in the entryway of the tunnel, there's a little bit more room in here. If Ben can like get low, maybe Orchid can swing the axe a little bit easier in here. So he is going to, with his edge, face danger as he attempts to reach down and grab it. Four on the action score, three and a six on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So he grabs up the axe and kind of tosses it up to Orchid, but he is going to also suffer a complication here. Now he has six momentum, so I don't want to take any momentum away from him. I'm going to say that it is stressful and his spirit is going to go from four to three as he's reaching out for the haft of the axe and several times spiders are snapping at him with his mandibles and he has to reach his hand back and is trying to avoid getting bitten more by these things. But Orchid has their axe once again. Now, Arid is injured. He's, he's burned and there is pain in his body and his shoulder and his neck and his face. I'm going to ask the Oracle here. Is he able to push aside that pain and try to do something here? Or is he going to have to try and contend with that pain? I think it's 50-50. So 51 or greater, yes, he's able to push it aside. 15, so no. He is in agony, and I think that means that he is going to have to do something about this pain here and now. He is going to have to endure harm. So when you face physical damage, suffer minus health equal to your foe's rank or is appropriate to the situation. If your health is zero, suffer minus momentum equal to your remaining health. And then roll plus health or iron, whichever is higher. They're both plus one. So Arid is going to roll at plus one. That is a three on the action die, a four and a five on the challenge dice for a miss. So on a miss, also suffer minus one momentum. He's not at zero health, so we don't have to mark wounded or maimed. That loss of momentum is going to represent Arid struggling to overcome the pain and be able to regain his faculties and so he effectively is not doing anything for this quote-unquote round. So we'll go back to Orchid, and Orchid now has Bone Eater back in their hands. So when you strike or clash in close quarters, you may suffer minus one momentum and inflict plus one harm on a hit to side before rolling. You can also, when you have your axe in hand and use the promise of violence to compel or secure an advantage, add plus one and take plus one momentum. Those are both abilities on their Sunderer asset. And I don't think these cave spiders can be intimidated by Orchid like calling out violence on them. So I think it's just gonna be a straight up clash here in close quarters. And I am going to spend another momentum to inflict plus one harm on this. 
So with this clash, it is going to be plus iron, which is plus three. I really need a strong hit here. Six on the action score, a seven and an eight on the challenge dice is a mess. You are outmatched and must pay the price. Your foe has the initiative. And unfortunately, it seems as though these dice, their fate has not changed. They are still interested in killing my characters. So pay the price, 89, it wastes resources. That could be referencing a loss of supply, but they're already down to zero supply. So that's not gonna matter to them. I don't wanna have Orchid lose their ax again. So I'm actually gonna say that Silas is trying to fend off the Necdesilith as it is closing in on them. And doing that, he's taking like books and stuff out of his bag and just chucking them at this worm. And while they're at zero supply mechanically, I think they are potentially also losing some of his like research notes that he brought with him. Uh, maybe a kind of a weak price to pay, but, uh, well, I don't have much else to sacrifice here in this adventure. So Orchid is just still unable to get a clear shot at these cave spiders. Ben is struggling. I mean, he doesn't really have much that he can do in this sort of close quarters battle, but I think he's going to have to clash as well, as he and Orchid are just back-to-back, -back, essentially. And this is going to be plus one, because he's rolling plus iron. It's a four on the action die, a three and a seven on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So he is going to be able to inflict harm, but then has to pay the price. So these are formidable, so he deals two harm, which is actually going to take us up to seven boxes of progress. Now, if I had the initiative, I would end the fight with the cave spiders here, but I do not. So I just have to roll on, pay the price and hope for the best. 55. It causes a delay or puts you at a disadvantage. Well, I think they're pretty much at a disadvantage right now. I think that... I'm going to definitively say now that they cannot make it to the tunnel and meet up with Arid and Silas. There are too many spiders between them. And so if they have to flee from this fight, they're going to have to flee back towards the door and out into the hallway into who knows what. So they either have to deal with the cave spiders in order to reunite with their friends or they are going to be cut off. And unfortunately, Arid and Silas don't necessarily have a whole lot of chance to break away as they are caught between spiders and an ethereal worm. So Arid is regaining some of his focus and he is... What can he do? So I still have some of my points left for my invoke asset, which means that I can face danger plus essence to create minor mystical effects or illusions. And then uh, I can suffer minus one essence and take plus one momentum on a hit. So I'm gonna do that. I think 
what Arid is going to do is he is going to focus and he is going to try and basically call up a wall of energy that will separate he and Silas from the neck desolith. Now, whether or not that's real is a uh, good question because this is a mystical effect or an illusion. So maybe it's real, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just enough to hold the worm at bay while they finish off the cave spiders. We'll find out as we're going to roll plus four on this because that's how much essence I have. Seven on the action die, a one and a four on the challenge dice for a strong hit. Okay, finally. So that is going to reduce the essence down to three. We're going to gain a momentum as part of that successful hit. And then we are going to gain the benefits of a strong hit on face danger. So the face danger strong hit is plus one momentum. So that's going to take Arid's momentum up to six now. And he has the initiative. So I think what that looks like is he does raise this energy barrier and they came across an energy barrier earlier in the delve and he is using some of that energy that he drew from that piece of ore and he is channeling that into a barrier. And I'm going to say it is in fact an actual magical barrier. And this is important because the neck desolith is able to turn itself incorporeal. So I think it can make its way through the barrier as an incorporeal creature, but because it's a magical barrier, it's going to slow it down a little bit. And I think that Arid is going to turn back towards the other spiders. His hand is curled up uh, after feeling the effects of the fire and still he is going to push past the pain and the fear and the the challenge of drawing on what little flame remains in the torches that are laying on the ground and he is going to attempt to end the fight against these spiders so i'm going to roll 2d10 and i'm going to compare it against my seven progress. I got a seven and a three on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So he is able to sweep fire and curve it around Orchid and Ben as they are standing in the middle of this small room. And the fire causes the spiders to screech and curl up and collapse. So I have to either endure harm, I have to endure stress. Uh, victory is short-lived, a new danger or foe appears, or an existing danger worsens, or you suffer collateral damage. Something of value is lost or broken, someone important must pay the cost. Or you'll pay for it, an objective fail falls out of reach, or you are marked for vengeance. I think it is probably going to be stressful. So I think he is going to have to endure stress on this. And I think that because it's a weak hit, it's just going to be one stress. So his spirit is going to go down to two. 
And then we are going to make the Endure Stress move. So he's rolling plus Spirit or plus Heart. Whichever is higher, both are two. So I've got six on the action die. I've got a three and a 10 on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So he presses on. So doesn't gain a benefit, but also doesn't suffer from it either. So he suffers the stress and he is able to destroy the spiders, leaving only the neck desolith. Now, here is the question. They are battered and beaten, but they also don't know what's outside the stone door that Orchid closed. So are they going to try and stand and fight the Neck Desolith, or are they going to try and withdraw? Uh, I'm going to ask the Oracle, and I think it is likely that they're going to stand and fight because I don't think Orchid is keen on leaving their flank exposed by uh, retreating with this creature at their back. So it is likely that they'll stay and fight. 16 is a no. No, they will not stand and fight. So I think Orchid wants to stay and fight, but Arid says, no, my friends, we must go quickly. That barrier will not hold for long, but if we go, we may escape this creature. And I think Orchid is like, no, no, let me, let me stay and fight it. Now that those pesky spiders are out of the way, it should be easier for me to swing my axe. Let it come. Ben says, no, Erid is right. We should go. We're injured and we need to recover. There's no guarantee that there isn't going to be spiders out there when we open a door. It's better to face this thing while we can. I do not think that there will be any spiders out there. It is better to go. And Silas, the thing is, yes, yes, please, let's go. I don't want to stay here anymore. And he's like gathering up what supplies he threw that fell on this side of the magical barrier. There are not many. And they are going to withdraw. Now, I'm going to ask the question of the Oracle. Does the Neck Desolith pursue them? Because I think they have enough time to escape before it gets through the barrier. But the question is, will it pursue them? And if it does, then they're going to have to make a move to try and escape it. I think it's 50-50 that the Neck Desolith will pursue them. 90 is a yes. Yes, it will pursue them. So they are going to have to attempt to face danger to flee. So I think that Ben is going to take the lead and they're going to open the door. Ben is going to step out into the hallway. And honestly, whatever he rolls on here is probably going to determine whether or not there are more spiders outside the room. So, plus two on this, five on the action die, a three, and a one on the challenge dice for a strong hit. So, he is successfully able to step outside of the doorway, and there are no more spiders out there. He is going to take a momentum, which is going to take him up to seven. They flee out of the room. 
Orchid shuts the door behind them. They are in this small hallway that has several other doors and like small cells off of this central passageway. And they, not seeing any further danger, are going to flee down the hall away from the Nick Desolith. Now, I'm sure that there are some of you who are very disappointed that we didn't get to see the combat with the Neck Desolith, but realistically, I don't know how they would have survived uh, that fight, given how the roles were going and the amount of pain and suffering they had already endured. But don't worry, because we're still in this site and they are going to continue exploring it, and there's every possibility that they will run across that creature again. And now it's in my mind uh, that this creature exists, so it's possible that it'll just come up later in the story anyways. So we are going to, I think, take a moment here to take stock of where we are on our mission. So we are... Delving this Elfheim ruin, we are at 7 out of 10 boxes of progress on this delve. And we could go ahead and try to finish the exploration right here, but I don't know that we are quite there yet. So I think I want to do at least another delve the depths, but I also think that we probably need to maybe take a break and rest. So taking a look at those options, maybe the make camp move would be fitting here, um, even though that's rolling plus supply, which means I don't have anything to roll with that. And we cannot resupply because we're not able to resupply after we have marked unprepared. We have to clear that condition before we can resupply. And in order to do that, we have to sojourn, which is spend time in a community seeking assistance. And I don't think that that is something that we can do here in the middle of this delve. So I don't think they can make camp. They can't resupply. So I think really the only thing that we can do here is heal. So when you treat an injury or ailment, roll plus wits. If you are mending your own wounds, roll plus wits or plus iron, whichever is lower. So who is going to tend to the wounded here? Orchid is in the best health. They have three out of five health. Arid and Ben are both down a little bit more. So Arid's down to one, Ben is down to two. So I'm going to game the system a little bit here and say that Ben is going to make an attempt to tend to Arid's wounds. Because Ben has wits of two, Orchid has a wits of two, but Ben has seven momentum. So there's a chance that if this roll goes poorly for me, I will have an opportunity to burn momentum and regain some footing. So this is going to be plus two on this roll. Seven on the action die, a five and an eight on the challenge dice, which is a weak hit. And unfortunately, 
eight is greater than my seven momentum, so I cannot burn the momentum for a strong hit. But on a weak hit, I am able to grant Arid plus two health. So Ben is going to bind his wounds. They're going to take a moment as they are away from this corridor with these doorways and where this neck desolith was located. And Arid is moving along slowly, painfully, and finally they stop. And Ben is like, my friend, please let me take a look at your wounds. Arid resists, I think, at first and says, no, we should continue on. We cannot stop here. My friend, you are in no state to continue on. We have to treat these burns now, or they're going to scar forever. A few scars are nothing to a member of the crest. I appreciate your brave face, Eret, but we need to treat these wounds now. All right, my friend, I understand your concern. I will sit for a moment. And they're going to sit, and Ben is going to bind the wounds. Because I got a weak hit, I have to either suffer minus one supply or minus one momentum. I have no supply to suffer, so it's got to be momentum. So the momentum goes from seven down to six. But Arid is now at three health, and his pain is a little bit eased by the supplies that they do have remaining. Now, Ben is sitting at two health. I think Ben doesn't want to bind his own wounds because he's only got an iron of one. But if Orchid fails and has to sacrifice momentum, that is going to take them into negative numbers, which is a place that we've not been in this Iron Sworn adventure. So, you know what? Let's see what happens. So, Orchid is going to say, Hi, Ben. Now you've bound his bones. Come here and let me take a look at yours. Those spiders got a good few bites out of you. And Ben nods and says, Yes, they, they did. You also are injured. Don't worry about me. I'll be alright. Just get, let me take a look here. Plus two. Three on the action die, a three and a four on the challenge dice. Four a miss. The aid is ineffectual. Pay the price. So I think what that means is that Ben used most of their, like, unguents and ointments on Arid's burns, and so there's nothing really to use. They can just bind his wounds, but there's not really anything to relieve the pain. And 26. Something of value is lost or destroyed. I'm sorry to say, I think that means that Ben's crossbow got left behind in the shuffle as they were trying to escape. And unless he can find some sort of ancient crossbow of Aelfheim design that is still operational, he is not going to have that uh, for the rest of this adventure. So they are going to continue on as they continue to delve the depths. And we're going to hope for a better result this time. It'd be nice to get one strong hit on one of these Delve the Depths. So Arid, I think, is going to take back the lead. And we're going to roll plus three on this. 
four on the action die, a two and a five on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So I'm going to burn my six momentum because I got a five and a two on the challenge dice. I'm going to burn it back to two and I'm going to turn that into a strong hit. So we mark progress, which is going to take us to eight boxes of progress and we get to find an opportunity. So let's go ahead and roll and see what our feature is here. 11, ancient artistry or craft. Perfect. So they emerge out of this corridor where these cells were and they enter into another hall, kind of like the one that they were in before that had the mural in it. But this one has a whole number of like statues and other works of art in here that are partially completed. And there are a number of murals that are painted on the walls in here as well. And it appears as though this was a center of art and artistry And I think as they're walking along, they see some of the motifs that they saw in that mural in that hall. There's a figure with a star on their forehead, and there are symbols that relate to the beetle and the insect, but don't have that same darkness to them as if they are encapsulated as if they are repressed and they just continue to get this sense that this place is made to hold something and that whatever it was holding is related to that beetle creature now let's go ahead and find an opportunity 29 An aspect of the history or nature of this place is revealed. Perfect. I mean, that's basically what I just narrated. But let's go ahead and give ourselves a little bit of aspect and focus to see if that clues us in on anything else. 50. Collapsed. 21. Collapsed. Nature. Okay, so there are, once again, like pieces of the hill that have like collapsed in here. And there are some of those vines that they saw up above in that other hall. But unlike those, these don't appear to have been corrupted by whatever that corrupting dark magic was. And they almost glow with this radiance that is probably filling this room with a little bit of light. And I think I'm going to give myself an action and theme as well. Eight. Guard. It's a good start. 53. Guard land. Okay, so I think that basically fits together with what I was thinking for this site. That it is a place that was built to house one of the pieces of that beetle, one of the pieces of Vargosh that was shorn apart and hidden away here, maybe they realized that they couldn't destroy 
Vargosh in the same way that they destroyed the others. That Vargosh was stronger and more dangerous. And because of that, they they were able to break him into pieces and send him to various areas away from Alfheim. And so I think they are beginning to see more signs of that peace that is hidden away here. And maybe the eye that Ben and Arid came across in the Defara estate uh, several contracts back, maybe that eye of Vargosh with its strange sort of wooden appearance and the sap leaking out of it, maybe that was part of the piece that was trapped here in this ruin. And I think we've probably reached a point now where we can locate our objective. We are sitting at eight boxes of progress, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. The progress move of locate your objective is when your exploration of a site comes to an end, roll the challenge dice and compare to your progress. On a strong hit, I locate my objective and the situation favors me. On a weak hit, locate your objective and the situation is not favorable. There's an unforeseen hazard or complication. On a miss, your objective falls out of reach. Now again, our objective here was sort of generally to delve the depths and explore this ruin because Silas Wilberforce, a scholar of the scriptorium, has an interest in exploring it. But I think as we've gone along, we've refined that a little bit, that the objective now is to discover a piece of information about Vargosh and a about maybe even the cult of Vargosh or a way to defeat Vargosh or possibly some other piece of information related to Vargosh. So I've got eight progress. I've got 2d10. I'm going to roll them and we're going to see how this goes. Well, I got a 10 and a four on the challenge dice. So I got a weak hit. So locate your objective, but face an unforeseen hazard or complication. Envision what you find. I'm going to ask the Oracle. So this is related to Vargosh. We are going to roll action and theme. Eight, guard, and 77, guard problem. Okay. I mean, that, again, sort of reinforces what I've been thinking, that there is some sort of artifact that is here. Is it still here? I guess that is the main question. Is whatever piece of Vargosh still here? And if so, what is it? And I think I think this is the key, and this is where the complication comes in. I think that it is very likely that it is still here. This site was just recently discovered, and as far as they know, and I think I can say this sort of as, a, as an objective narrator, 
I don't think anybody has been inside of here. Like creatures have come in here, but no human living beings have entered here. And we know that the Vidala family, these cultists of Vargosh, have gone into ruins and pulled out artifacts. And those are the artifacts that they brought into Heartvale. So I think that in all likelihood, know that Eye of Vargosh that Ben and Arid came across is not in any way related to the artifact that is in here. I think this is a completely different artifact but I think it is still here. And so I'm going to say that it is almost certain that this artifact is still here. And that is 11 or greater on the Oracle chart. 32 is a yes. So yes, this artifact of Vargosh is still here. What is it? We know that Vargosh in whatever embodiment he was appeared as a beetle. So it has to be related to that in some way. I'm going to roll on the monstrous characteristics table and see if that gives me an idea of what sort of piece of this it might be. 15. Claws or talons? Okay, so this great beetle god has these sharp protuberances that come out of its legs and it can snap out with them and crush or slice flesh and one of these claws is here in the site and they they find the holding place of this item. They make their way through this hall of artistry and on the other side of the hall, there's a door. And through that door is another corridor. And they're continuing to descend deeper and deeper into the hill, deeper and deeper into the earth until they come to the bottom of this tunnel which opens up into a small entryway. And there is another door, but unlike the doors before, this door is covered in runes. It's covered in runes, and those runes are glowing. And I think as they approach, Arid says, These are like the runes that we saw up above. Yes, they do seem very similar, although it appears that these ones are quite a bit more active. I I wonder what that means. Silas is studying them. He's like, I think, if I'm not mistaken, these runes do represent certain warding techniques that are commonly referred to in Elfhimic writings. I haven't seen these exact markings in this exact form before, but it's very familiar to something I have read about before. You think that whatever it is is holding something inside? Yes, this might be our vault. Perhaps we should think twice about opening it then, Ben says. Well, we can't have come all this way and not at least take a peek, 
Ben looks at the scholar and says, Master Scholar, I've seen what happens when we peek at artifacts of this old god. I fear for our sanity and our lives, Master Scholar. We have brought you into this ruin, and it has been a fascinating exploration. But perhaps we should consider ourselves fortunate that we have made it this far alive, and we should return. Arid studies Ben and says, My friend, I did not think that you would be so eager to walk away from a discovery like this. Ben returns the gaze and says, My friend, I'm surprised you're so eager to open this door. Who knows what secrets it holds, yes. But secrets are often meant to be kept, and everything I've seen in this place tells me that if we open this door, we will certainly not like the secret we discover. I do not disagree. However, we have come this far, and to leave this at our back is, as you say, dangerous. After all, it is likely that others will come. Others will open this door. And you and I, at least, have had some experience with the artifacts of that dead god. Perhaps that gives you and I a little bit of immunity. Ben chuckles and says, I wouldn't wager my life on that immunity. I understand, but what are we to do? If we go back, I think that we are missing a great opportunity. Ben turns to Orchid and says, Orchid, what do you think? Are you for opening this vault? Seeing what's inside? I think Orchid looks between the two crest soldiers, looks over at the scholar, and then shrugs a little bit and says, Look here, I don't particularly care what's inside, but I do have to agree with Arid. If it's dangerous, we should be the ones that control it. We should be the ones that take it out of here. We can't just leave it for someone else. I think we've seen up above there that uh, whatever was defending this thing has cracked open a little bit. If we just leave it to chance, well, let's just say I don't want to be fighting the thing that this thing creates if it were to get out of here. I'd rather be the ones deciding where it goes and what happens to it. And in all honesty, I'd rather have Lafalia take a look at it than, well, have to fight it somewhere else. Ben raises his hand and says, All right. I bow to the greater wisdom of the group. Now the question is, how do we get in? Arid says, I think that will be the easiest part. You see, after breaking through the barriers above, I think I have a better understanding of how the magic works in this place. Give me a moment. And he's going to walk over, rest his hand close to but not touching the door, 
and he just starts to hum. As he makes these sounds, the runes glow brighter and brighter for a moment, and then they fade out, and a great hiss sounds as almost like a pressure seal releases, and the stone slides away. On the other side of the door, they see a small chamber. In the center of that chamber is a pedestal. On that pedestal is this obsidian dark claw that seems to glow with a sickly green energy. All of them feel it as a wave of nausea hits them. Silas, I think, just turns and retches. The other three, having seen violence and danger aplenty, stand their ground though it is oh so vile a feeling. They see it in front of them, and Arid turns to the others and says, This is an artifact of that creature. We must be careful and cautious as we go forward. There is no telling what we will encounter. Looking up, Ben says, well, I think I know why the area upstairs was corrupted. And he points, and there's a great crack in the ceiling above where this pedestal is, and he can see a little bit up into uh, a room above, uh, although the firelight of their torches doesn't quite illuminate the room inside. He, he knows that that room must be in the section of floor above where they came in. They enter the room, and we're going to face an unforeseen hazard or complication. I don't know what it is. So I'm going to roll on the reveal a danger table, because I think it's definitely a danger of some sort. 56. Encounter a hostile denizen. Great. Okay, so they enter this room. I'm going to roll on our table. Nine. More cave spiders. But I don't think these cave spiders are like the spiders they encountered before. No, these cave spiders crawled through that crack in the ceiling above, and they began to circle this claw. And 
by extension, the longer they spent in this room, the more the influence of Vargosh reached out to them, the more it empowered them. And I don't think these are just your regular old cave spiders anymore. I think they are spiders influenced by the power of Vargosh. And I'm going to call these decay spiders, as parts of their flesh are sloughing off, and there's this stench of necrosis in the air. And they are terrifying to behold as they turn their corrupted, glowing green eyes towards the crest soldiers. I'm going to set this as an extreme challenge because I think these things have been empowered by Vargosh and therefore are much dangerous than the ones that they just barely survived escaping. The three of them face off against these creatures and Ben begins to draw his sword. Orchid pulls out their axe and Arid grimacing and feeling so very afraid draws on the flames of their torches and they prepare for battle. Thanks for listening to Errant Adventures, and thanks so much to Sirenscape for the lovely ambient sounds and music throughout the episode. If you enjoyed the show, please tell anyone and everyone in your life about it. And if you haven't already, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. It really does help others find me. If you want to interact with me, my handle on Instagram and Twitter is at ErrantSolopod, or you can email me at ErrantSolopod at gmail.com. I also post short fiction and campaign-related materials on my website, ErrantAdventuresPod.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.